This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Just as I was getting ready to pull off, Dale grabbed me, like, grabbed me like that. He said, listen here, if anybody asks you where you got that deer, you don't know where you got it. I was like, what's, what's wrong with you? He said, you can't be driving deer across town. <laughs> you can't. I said, so let me get this straight. I can shoot that deer right between the eyes, but I can't give it a ride. Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals. Salon care products that you can experience with your senses. Get high performance you can see, touch, and sense. All right, this week on Fastlane Family, I've got two-time Daytona 500 champion and many more things. Michael Waltrip in studio. How are you today? I'm awesome. It's a beautiful Monday in Mooresville, and I really appreciate being at JR Motorsports. I don't know. That Come on I've... now, Junior Motorsports. Oh, shoot. Let's start all over. <laughs> I don't know. No. I was trying to think. I don't think I've been here before. If you Most people say that when they get here. They're like, yeah. I don't think I've ever been here. In fact, uh, we drove to Hammerhead. Okay. And I'm like, Maybe I read in Kelly's text that I was supposed to go to JRM. I can understand why you thought to go to Hammerhead, though. Production. Right, yep, right. Recording. So Makes sense. She didn't understand why I thought that when we drove half all over half of Mooresville. And with Mazeppa closed, that made it even more challenging. But oh, we yeah, made I it. forgot that's closed today. Yeah. Yeah, no fun. So I've only been to MWR once, too, and it was for um, Caitlin's wedding. So <laughs> we just don't get around to all the race shops, do we? No, I think I got to... I hope, I'm sure most of the race fans have been here, and if they haven't, I want to encourage them to come because it's really That's personal. Cool. You know, you can come in and see the guys working on the cars and uh, check out the studio where we're recording this Dirty Mo production. Yes. Is Dirty that what Mo this Radio. Is? That's right. Dirty Mo Radio. You know everything's Dirty Mo around here. Right. <laughs> All right. So um, let's start off. Uh, I usually kind of start off with uh, where you started in racing. And you tweeted a couple weeks ago, remember why you started. So let's go back and talk about well, your start in the in racing. I didn't really, I would have never had a chance, I don't think, not to have started. Um, <laughs> because when I was born, my brother was 16. And um, that meant that he was on the road racing. And that's just how I was raised. I, as a kid, um, my most of my memories include my mom and dad, uh, in the front of the car and me in the back seat driving somewhere in Tennessee, Georgia, or Alabama to watch my brother race. And uh, that was from the beginning of time. That's what I remember. And when I turned 12, I finally conned someone into buying me a go-kart, which was really hard because my brother wasn't into doing that. My parents had been through it with my brother, and they didn't think that uh, that they were going to be a part of that again. They are like, we're old now. I came along a little bit later in life. <laughs> we're old, and we're not going to mess with that that racing thing. It's too much trouble, and it's too expensive. My mama worked at the IGA store uh, the, as a checkout lady, and then my dad was a Pepsi man. And so there wasn't a whole lot of extra cash around the house, and uh, certainly wasn't enough for a go-kart. But I got somebody to sponsor me, and I got a go-kart, and I was able to win. And, and then I got more sponsors, and I got out to the local track there in Kentucky, and I won. And... Um, when I wrote, when I tweeted the other day, remember why you started, sometimes it's easy to, to get lost in what you're doing and forget why you do it. And I think it's important to to really appreciate life and appreciate um, what you do. No matter what you do, you know, you got to love what you're doing and that, that makes your life uh, more more enjoyable. And um, maybe on that day, I, I wasn't appreciating. appreciating. <laughs> you needed your own reminder. <laughs> I had to remind myself that, um, that even though sometimes things are hard, you did it for a reason and and you know i'm i'm thankful for those memories and and the challenges the struggles all those things make it worthwhile when i'm talking to a lot of veteran 
racers like yourself, you, you know, you didn't start that process till you were 12. And I, I read a little snippet about going to Darrow when you were 15. What's your opinion of the, the drivers today that we're racing? You know, I've got Cole Custer here at 16 in the truck series. Ben Rhodes at a, a just turned 18 this past weekend. Chase. Um, and, you know, you ask them and they've been racing since they were four. Right, right. And, I love it. Uh, what's your, yeah, what's your opinion of that from, you know, I mean, my dad, he didn't have his first race till he was in his 20s. And right. No, I love it. I think it's, um, I think it's healthy. We want more young people to, to be engaged in NASCAR. You know, we want more young fans. So these young drivers are going to draw younger fans mm -hmm. to the sport, obviously. And what I love most about the, the youth of our sport is um, they're, they're appreciative First of all, their parents have, have raised them well, I think. Most of the kids that we see coming to the sport um, are just thankful for the opportunity. They, they understand it's a privilege to get to race a car and, or a truck, and you can tell they just are happy. And, and we're racing trucks, and Cole Custer is 16 years old, and he wins at Loudoun. I mean, that would have never happened 10 years ago. And there's a couple of reasons, in my opinion, why that happens. First of all, they start earlier because um, there's, there's more racing to – there's more types of racing, I think, today, and, and more people are interested in racing. And then secondly, video games. You know, they – Cole had raced at Loudoun, New Hampshire, even though he'd never been to Loudoun, New Hampshire. He'd driven it on simulators, and he'd driven it on video games. And so those – you know, being able to visualize what it looks like when you go into the corner – that's so healthy, and it's so helpful for young kids to be able to, when they go on the track, they'll be like, yeah, I've seen this, and we'll see what it feels like. <laughs> and um, they're just ready to go. I think, in my opinion, they ought to move the, the minimum age for the trucks down to 14. For Dang. 16 for the Xfinity Series and 18 for Cup um, because they're ready. You know, it's not like, it's not like we're going to drag kids in here that aren't ready to go. Cole Custer is a perfect example of somebody that showed up ready to go. His performance at Loudoun was just simply amazing, the way he drove that truck and, and dominated that race. So do you, because this, this is a question I had later, but you're on that topic right now, so I'm going to ask you. Again, when you were starting at 12 and 15 and racing goat carts and all this and get your first cup ride at 22, when um, Cole Custer and Ben Rhodes are, the, the approval process that they go through NASCAR and the different series that they run in, how do you feel about that and what they, you know, do you liken that to the same types of things you did just in the different series you raced in? I did it unofficially. You right. Know, I went and right. raced uh, a local track in Kentucky a quarter mile, and then we branched out to the half mile at Nashville, and then I ran the the NASCAR Dash Series back in 82 and 83. Yeah. And those were four-cylinder, smaller cars, but I got to run at Daytona, and I got to run at Rockingham and Darlington, most all the racetracks. So that was my, um, I think you could almost call that, that was my simulation for doing Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was real. But it real. seems like that it's packed into a real shorter time frame now. So everybody's really anxious to get to the next level. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, the only video game was Pong. You know, you had these... <laughs> Two little, you played tennis with yourself, and boing, 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 boing. <laughs> you didn't even have Atari. That was it. That was that was me right there. And then um, Atari came along later, but they they just have the ability to understand more sure. about the sport today. And also, when I was a kid, I, I I wrote a book, and in my book, I talked about my parents and I, my mom and I, would get in the car and drive an hour from Owensboro down to the Tennessee Kentucky border, so we could hear the races on AM radio. So there wasn't any other there wasn't any other kids sitting on the side of the road from Kentucky or you know from Owensboro listening to to Daryl race on the radio, and now we have Fox Sports One who covers every time a tire is spinning 
or anything's happening on the racetrack, they're covering it. And all the, the, the coverage, the great Fox that race that we had yesterday, the Daytona 500, and just the way that the sport is um, captured for all these young people, they just know more about it than yeah. we do. So they're, they're certainly ready. They're on it. All right, so we're we're still going to go back in time. You lived with the king. Who yeah. can say that they live with the king? Well, oh my I, gosh. Lived, I lived with Kyle first. I was in right. Kentucky, and um, one of my sponsors was one of Kyle's sponsors, Kyle's and Richard's sponsors, and that was in Kentucky, and, and, and Bill Borden is the gentleman's name, and he said, you've got to get to North Carolina. If you're going to be a race car driver, you got to move to North Carolina, and it was just like if you want to be a country music singer, you got to go to Nashville. If you want to be – an actor, you go to L.A. Um, I needed to get to, to North Carolina, but there was this whole money thing and job <laughs> thing that I did not have. And so um, Kyle was running Petty Enterprises at the time. And um, through the sponsorship relationship, the, and, and I knew Kyle a little bit, um, they arranged it where I could go to work at Petty Enterprises, work in the shop, and live with Kyle while I pursued my dream of being a race car driver. Well, I lived with Kyle for about nine months, I think, and one day... Linda Petty, when I was leaving the shop in Randleman to go back to Kyle's, it was about an hour drive to Kyle's house uh, where, where Kyle and Patty and, and, the, and the kids. And he had kids at yeah. the time. <laughs> and, and it was me. <laughs> I was like, I was like Cato Kalin or something in the basement. <laughs> and um, Linda came up to me and said, would, uh, would you like to just move in with uh, Richard and I? Because our house is just a couple of miles from the shop and that's a, that's a really long drive. And she said, it just seems to make more sense. And I said, I, I would love that. Thank you. And I got in my car and I began to drive to Kyle's house. And I thought, wow, that's the sweetest way I've ever been kicked out of someone's house before. <laughs> Kyle's like, I'm tired of him. Y'all going to have to take him. or we're gonna They have probably to made a deal under the table, right? Way so, hey, under Mom, the table. And, and can you just go ask him this? Said, if you, we got to get him out of here. He's going to have to move in with you or, or, or leave. So I lived with, um, that was late 84. And I lived with Richard and Linda for a few months. And in 84. And, and, and my start to, to Cup was a direct result of living with the King because, you know, back then you had this beautiful plan. You were going to race Baby Grands, which I did. Then you would race the Bush Series, and then you would get in Cup eventually. And I was sitting on the couch with uh, Richard one night eating popcorn, which we did many nights, and he said, your, your plan's all messed up. You need to, if you want to race a cup, you need to get a cup ride right now and learn how to drive them. That's what you want to do. That's what you need to learn how to do. So I figured it out. I went to Statesville, North Carolina, met a guy named Dick Bayer. Dick uh, gave me a ride in 1985 and 86. I started full-time and was full-time all the way till uh, I guess, 2009. So true or false, in 1985, in your first race in Charlotte, you had an encounter with my dad in that race, and he flipped you the bird. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That, that was, was that your first encounter with my dad, period, yeah, ever? Yeah, definitely. And, 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 you know, what was great about your dad and, and, and me, I don't think he ever really looked at me as, as Daryl's little brother so much. I think, he, I think he understood that, you know, I'd left Kentucky and my brother hadn't really helped me any. And I, I lived with the Petties. And, and somehow, even though I was in the way, here I was racing in the, in the Coca-Cola 600 in 1980. You know, 1985, yeah. and I, I think I think he appreciated that. And uh, w when he f flipped me the bird, then you know I I made sure I avoided. I don't even think I really knew him. You know, I, he knew who I was, but I, we never really spent any time talking or anything. And I made sure for the next few months we we definitely didn't spend any time <laughs> together because I didn't want to I didn't want to know more about that that whole situation. But um, 
as as I continued to race and prove that I I could do it, I think he 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 started liking me and and having some time for me because uh, of how I got there. Yeah, uh, I really think he appreciated that, and um, we came we became really good friends over the years. So before you went to drive for him in two thousand one, your relationship was based on a friendship, right? Right. I mean, we you- started in the probably in the early ninety two or ninety three. I. Um, I uh, married Buffy, and uh, Buffy worked for a company that that uh, Dale had a part part of, Sports Image, and they were friends, and we all we all became friends, and and um, we would go we would go off on the boat and fishing, and I would go over to the to the farm and uh, check out the cars, and drove drove a few races for Dale um, for your dad back in '87 or '8. Uh, that far back, he he wanted me to drive his uh, his Xfinity the, the Bush, car yeah, the Bush in the in the car that he built, you know, behind his house. Yep. And so that inspired me, of course, to build cars behind my house <laughs> because that's what race car drivers did back then. You know, you made your money on Sunday, and that's how you made a living, and that's what your life was all about. But um, if you were really into it, like most of us were, then you would build cars behind your house. You would spend your Sunday money on. Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, and and so I I did just what Dale did. You know, I built a shop behind my house and started building nationwide cars, Bush cars, Xfinity cars. Can we just call them Xfinity cars? I know, right? Cars? I'll try, but they're Xfinity yeah. now. Drives me crazy. I have a job now. I'm doing the know, Xfinity you're... races, so I got to make sure I call them the right thing. But um, that those cars and and um, and our trips to the to the Bahamas to fish and and trips to New York for the banquet. We just we just had a really good time. And then uh, I remember uh vividly my my the day my dad passed away, um Dale called and he said, "Where you at?" I said, "I'm over here with mom." He said, "All right, I'll be there in 5 minutes." And he pulled up to to tell mama how much uh, he was thinking about her because my my father passed away and my mom became a big Dale fan. She already was because she yeah. knew we were friends, but then she became a real big Dale fan that day, and um, and we 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 had some great times together. And you know, it's it's crazy that when I watched the Daytona 500 yesterday, and when Joey Logano won, and his dad was was doing all he could to get to him. He was stuck behind the <laughs> fence, and then he ran across the track, and he finally made it. And he got him and gave him that hug. In my mind, that's what I was visualizing uh, Dale doing the day I won, because you know I won the race and your first career victory was after everywhere. all this time. Yeah, he, he told me your dad would always say, "You'll win in my car. You better win in my car." <laughs> I told everybody you'd win in my car, and I'm, I, you know, we won, and I was like, "We won in your car." And I just, I had this when I watched that with Tom Logano yesterday. I just. It just it, 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 that's what in my mind Dale was doing. Yeah. You know, he'd been in a wreck. He was trying to get out of the hospital. He's running through the garage area. He was, and he was going to come there and give shoving me, the ambulance people yeah, off. You're it, thinking, you like, know, he's not going to go to the care it, center. He's I, just going to go. I had this all in my mind. To you. And he was going to be there, and he was going to hug me. And uh, you know, I, that 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 obviously never happened. But um, uh, that that's where I that's who I was. That's what I thought was going on. How I know your friendship with my dad probably makes that whole situation so much different than, let's say, um, you know, Kevin Harvick talks a lot about when he got my dad's car. It was never mine. And everything's your your first his first, you know, entry into cup over is overshadowed by that. Does it ever stop about that? Because you have your first win and then, you know, you lose my dad and it'll never stop. And, you know, 
the only the thing that it's a it's a victory it's a victory that will won't will never be celebrated in the sport same way yeah because like, of the 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 of the tragedy that occurred yeah. simultaneously to the checkered flag falling but um you know for me i have struggled over the years to understand it uh I, you know, I believe in God and I believe that everything happens for a reason and, and I think one day it'll all make sense. But while I'm stuck here on this earth, I think the, the thing that has me at a more comfortable place with, with it today than I've ever been is I know the last thing your dad saw on this earth was his two cars going to win. But we were, he knew it was over. We were, we were driving off to win the Daytona 500. And I, I think that, you know, if you think about all the ways you could you could die and, you know, leave this world, yeah. that'd be that'd be pretty far yeah. up there. Yeah. I mean, there's only a couple I could think that might be better. And, right. And <laughs> well, as kids, you know, that was the thing I would always, you know, I was fearful for my dad to be involved in, in something like that. And he told us this all the time. If I die in a race car, I'm happy doing what I love. And that's the, that's it for me. You know, I didn't think about it like you did as far as, you know, well, his cars being up there, but I mean, to me, like, yeah, you can say that, but if you're running 25th and you die in a race car, you'll be like, <laughs> damn, why'd I have, why, why'd that happen? Well, still, if you're a seven time champion and you're running 25th and I haven't, but you know, but he yeah. was seven time champion and had orchestrated a Daytona 500 sweep. And I just, I just envision him with a big smile on his face Right, right at the, you know, right up to the last yep. second. Yep. The restrictor plate racing, you won Daytona. You won, come back again and won in 2003. You're pretty good there. You won at Talladega uh, of your four four wins. Three of them are restrictor plates. Mm. Is that right? Where's the other No, one? all four of them. Oh, were. all four of them were? Yeah. I didn't catch the fourth one then in my research. Yeah, it was Talladega, <laughs> Daytona, Daytona. Daytona in July? July okay, yeah. got you. So you were uh, in the running of the Daytona 500 yesterday, probably not the finish that you were looking now, for there. I started strong. I was really <laughs> happy with our car and we, we drove up, uh, we started 34th and we drove up there pretty good and was, was having a, a good start to the day and felt like we could be competitive. And then I got in a, a bit of a wreck got there, up there yep. been up my car and got a lap down, got it back. And, uh, then I, I don't even know where I finished, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I think 26 or something. There was yeah. a lot of cars ahead of me, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not racing consistently like that, is there anything that you do to prepare to get back in the car? Well, you know, usually it's... Um, or is it like riding a bicycle? Do you it's just... just like that. But usually <laughs> I spend the, you know, I spend some time in the race actually getting accustomed to my surroundings. Yeah. You know, these guys race every Sunday, and when they flip the switch, they're, on, they're set on go. And so in Daytona... Uh, I kind of goofed off during the during the duels because we were in the race. And when the race started yesterday, I was I felt like a race car driver again. <laughs> I was ready to go, and I was passing people. I was having fun. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to run. My plan's always to run Daytona and Talladega. And um, unfortunately, this year I drove da Daytona in in the Aaron's car because Vickers got right. um, sick and had to have open heart surgery. He's going to be back in a couple of weeks. I don't have a plan for Talladega, but. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to, to figure out some way to race there. I hope so. <laughs> you I usually do. I hope so. All right. So what's your typical, as, as car owner of, a uh, uh, co-owner of MWR, what's your typical week well, and um, role? I, I mainly focus on our sponsors and try to, to, to go wherever they need me. And do a darn good job at that. Well, that's my, <laughs> that's my job is in my opinion. If, if, if Clint is racing in Atlanta this weekend and, 
and um, I'm doing TV in Atlanta. You know, I can go other places. I, I can go Saturday night to dinner with Five Hour Energy in downtown Atlanta, and Clint can get some good sleep and be ready to race. So I try to make myself available to go anywhere, anytime for my sponsors. And I challenge Ty Norris and our fo folks in marketing to use me, send me places, t tell me what to do, tell me how I can help. And um, obviously my plate's a, a bit full during the first half of the season with my um, commitments to, to Fox and doing the TV. That's fun for me. I really enjoy that. But in the second half of the year, my schedule loosens up some and I spend more time at the shop hanging out with the guys and and a little bit more time on the road taking care of our partners you uh you're very well aware kelly that yes you can't do all this without money and and uh you have to have sponsors to 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 in order to generate that kind of funds and i'm really uh, impressed by the job that you guys do here oh, thanks uh, it is hard it's fun to see though yeah people just see the result they don't see the hard part yeah. of it yeah. and uh dale jr's famous obviously and it'd be easy to think well you know it's easy but it well, they the, use me for the same role that they use you i go to the dinners and the sponsor things like thursday everybody's like man i'm so glad you were there for dale's dual win and i'm like yeah i wasn't there i was at a dinner <laughs> with yeah. one of our sponsors i got to see it on tv it's all good but um so as a winner in all of the top series what else do you want to accomplish in the sport as a car owner well i would love to i i, I thought while i was running 25th yesterday i saw clint up there on the front row and battling for the win you know I, I i would love to be a champion champion car owner um we finished second in the standings in 12 that was pretty awesome to to, to, to race for a championship um but i'd also you know I'd, I'd love to win the daytona 500 as a car owner that that would be something and you know the crazy thing that daytona only comes around once a year and soon soon as that one was over yesterday i, <laughs> I thought well we'll have to wait another year yep. but maybe we can win it then so just winning, that's all. I, as a car owner, you, you owe it to your sponsors to win. And uh, we spend the money and we, we um, budget for wins. We're, we don't take any shortcuts. And I'm really blessed to have a, a wonderful partner in the team, Rob Kaufman. And Rob's really, um, he recently semi-retired from his day job, as he says. And he spends a lot more time at the shop working with uh with with the guys and so we just have a we have a great situation and i think we have a a a, a bunch of good people and we're really close to to being able to contend weekly um but we're, we're we just we had an off year in 2014 so we got a we were strong in daytona clint running right up front and hopefully we can uh, continue that this weekend in atlanta and with the uh, chase format um you know you still have the opportunity with with brian and his car to to capitalize yeah. on what you're looking for so. and you know brian's resilient he's one of those guys that you don't you don't <laughs> <sure> knock <is. laughs> you don't knock him down and think that he won't get back up and be ready to go and i think uh while while his um open heart surgery obviously was a major setback for him um i know him pretty good and i think he says i'll show y'all yeah. what what a little heart surgery can do to me <laughs> exactly and i think he'll start showing that at, at vegas and we got the medical medical exemption for him uh, with the new rules so we go out and win a race and still be a part of yep. the chase for the championship cool all right that's enough about racing these are just some different well i've still got some opinions about racing i'm gonna ask you about but let's talk about dancing with the stars because i watched that intently i retweeted voting all yeah. that good stuff what's the best thing about doing that well the best thing about the whole experience was um week six when i did the waltz as Robin Hood <laughs> and 
on that Monday, September 29th, Macy woke up. That's her birthday. She woke up in Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina, went to the airport, flew to L.A., came to the to the studio. We hung out that afternoon. And, um, you know, she flew all the way to, to, to Los Angeles on her birthday. And uh, I remember thinking, don't screw this up, Dad. You know, <laughs> this is a great day with your daughter. And um, we we danced, and it, it was my best dance ever. And I got eights, which when I started, if you said I'd ever oh. get an eight, there would have been no way you would have figured that out. And and uh, she was there, and I just it I, it just made me – it makes me cry now thinking about her. You know, she came to sure. see her daddy dance, and her daddy did good. Aww. And uh, then she, we went to Cheesecake Factory afterwards, had a little Yum. bite to eat, and then sent her to the airport. She got on and a red eye back. and oh. flew all the way back. Goodness. So just making my daughter proud, um, that, that was my favorite memory of the whole ordeal. Was there a worse thing? <laughs> uh, the worst thing is still biting me in the ass today. Uh -oh. Well, actually in the foot. I, oh, you got an injury. I did. Got I got uh, plantar's something or another. Plantar's saphenitis or something. Yes. Thank you. Word. I never. So listen to <laughs> I've this. I've heard of it. <laughs> listen to this. This is the best thing ever. So we did the team dance. And so there's eight of us left. And they, they pick. You know, you yeah. take someone. You take him. You take You know, obviously they wanted Janelle and. And they wanted Sadie, and, and so they they picked, and then it's me and Tommy Chong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, it, it was it was Derek's turn next, and uh, Derek Derek's team picked me, and so they picked me ahead of Tommy Chong. I was like, yeah, good. <laughs> you got to win. <laughs> He's eighty, and they but they did pick me, and so during the dance, um, this is probably the funniest. You said what was the most memorable and. And that that was Macy's story. the The worst part is this stupid foot injury that I have, and I'm that's what I'm talking about now. And um, the funniest part was how I got this stupid foot injury. We we danced, and so they have group dance. It's like a three minute dance, mm -hmm. and they have all of us out there together yeah. performing an opening part, and then everybody runs off except for a couple and they do a solo and then another couple comes on another couple comes on another couple comes on so we're the third ones to go and um we come out we do our thing and emma choreographed it it was just basically pieces of dances we'd already done so it, it's supposed to be pretty simple it's supposed to be <laughs> and so it, as we as we get ready to run off the stage i i do my clothes and I kind of messed it up, but you couldn't tell because no one else knew. And we run off, and I was a little frustrated, and we had to get from one end of the stage to the other in 10 seconds, which it takes about five. Yeah. But when I went up, instead of going – I was at the end of the stage, mind you. And instead of going to the to the other end, I took a right and went the wrong way. And Emma started screaming, get over here, you dumbass. <laughs> and so <laughs> I turn around, and I take off running. And when I got to the stage, we got there just in time, and we finished, and we won. We got tens, and we won the team dance. And during the during the judging part, I was like, hmm, I did something to my foot, and um, limped off. Well, I just, I thought I'd bruised it. I didn't know. I just knew I had to dance next week and had to practice all week, so I just kept on dancing. And I went to the doctor finally when I when I got kicked off the show, and I was like, I think I bruised my foot. And uh, it hurts really bad. And he touched it and he said, you have plantar's fasciitis. I said, well, no, I don't because 
just old people get that and <laughs> I've hurt my foot it's bruised and you don't want to consider yourself an old person <laughs> no <do you>? never <laughs> and he said he said no that's what you have and not just old people have it athletes get it ah. and uh, I said well that's better but anyway that was uh five months ago and it still it hasn't still gone hurts, away so. yeah so did you have any input on your costumes do y'all as dancers have any input or how do they do that she did it all like okay so the, but she would ask me you know like do you like this and i would have input but i've just always wondered that because you know you see them come out and certain things that are just almost like they've got really did they pick you that really talented and they make all that like the week of yeah, or however yeah. i don't know how long it takes them to coordinate well you, that, you usually get there on um tuesday morning and um you, you, if you make it through on Monday. And some of it is done on Friday and Saturday yeah. before just in case you make it. But by Tuesday, they they sew it all together and fit, fit it on you. And, and practice the same thing. You Maybe you practice a little bit before you know you're going to make it for the next week. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. But mo mostly um, with my level of dancing you ability, we practiced a lot. But we focused on the one that we had to do on Monday because – if we got too much going on in my brain, we knew we were really in trouble. <laughs> and, you know, that's the that's the interesting thing is, like, if someone someone says, what would you, what advice would you give someone about doing Dancing with the Stars? And I, it's simple. If they ask you to do it and you've never danced, say, yes, I'll do it in a year from now. And just take, and practice dancing. <laughs> take ballroom dancing yeah, lessons yeah. for a year because it's all this, it's pretty, like, I know this sounds weird if, especially after watching me do it but it's it's kind of easy if you just know what you're doing yeah. you know yeah. if you understand when they say the the waltz or the salsa or you know whatever they yeah. say if you if you go okay i know that then you can you can figure it out yeah i just didn't know anything right well i i thought you know by the time that you got kicked off i'm like okay you know i get it there's a lot better dancers out there but i got really frustrated in the beginning especially on twitter with fans you know, because I'd retreat, it'd be like voting, and they're like, why, why are you say, telling people to vote for him? And I'm like, I understand it's a dancing competition, but I like to see the people that go on there that don't really have the skill yeah. and turn it into something. You know, give them the opportunity to turn it into something. Yeah, Alfonso, you know? Alfonso danced with Michael Jackson in a Pepsi commercial <laughs> when he was 10. I'm <laughs> he pretty, was pretty good. I'm pretty awesome. sure. He, <laughs> I never will forget week one. And girls so, just automatically have. You well, know, and those girls dance danced on Broadway. You know, that's crazy. And so I would never will forget week one, I was standing there in my poly blend onesie. Do you, did they let you keep that? They wanted to charge me $1,200 oh my gosh. to keep that damn thing. I said, oh y'all can have it. <laughs> I would like to kind of have it, though. But anyway, I was standing there in it, and Em and I were next after Alfonso and Whitney. And Alfonso and Whitney go out there, and he, the song something about the goose drink wine. It's da-da-da. And it's perfect. And I'm standing there thinking, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you doing? How, why, how are you supposed to go out? Why did you go after that? Right? Why did I how are you going to go after that? that? So yeah. it, was, it was more than a dancing show, though. You know, it was, it was, it was a reality show. It was about personality yeah. and, and yeah. life and fun. And, you were good at that. And we did a pretty good job at all that. Yeah, well, I commend you because I think it's pretty courageous to just deal with the amount of people in today's social media world that you had to deal with uh, that just crucified are, you. All I do is tell <laughs> God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. Yeah. And I'm my my social media platform is it's all good. Yeah. You know, I'm just yeah. positive, and if people want to be buttholes, then they have issues. I know. Not I me. see all kinds of things that you wrote that I was laughing about. Like I have 
critics? Really? Where? <laughs> I've and, never uh, met them. hugs, not slugs. <laughs> yeah, so I don't care Pretty about comical. all that. Pretty comical. People need, all to, right. people need to get on with their lives. Yeah, they need to get over it. Don't be negative and mean. Exactly. So a couple opinions. Stars of NASCAR's future. Who do you think that well, is? Well, Chase, obviously, is a huge star. He he gets it. He's fast. He, he's, uh, he's got family tradition. And um, I said earlier about how parents raise their kids to get them ready for this this job. And obviously, Bill and Bill and Cindy did an amazing job. And I'm just so thankful that that we have Chase. He's yeah. a he's a champion already, and he's going to be a many time champion. Eric Jones. I mean, that's the name that will come right to everybody's uh, right to the front right right away. He just you know when he does things, it doesn't surprise you. Yeah, he's got he's a natural. On Friday night. Um, Austin Terrio and Tyler Reddick were racing for the win in the truck series. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. These kids are doing a great job. I didn't see this coming. Chase is, or excuse me, um, Eric is their age. And if he does it, you're like, whatever. Yeah. That's what he'll yeah. do. Yeah. He did it Saturday in the Xfinity race. He was running right up there in the top three uh, late in the going. And, and it just doesn't surprise you. So I think that, that he's a kid that, that we're going to watch for a long time. And then, you know, just think about, Think about Brad and Kyle. Those 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 NASCAR. Brad's a champion, and Kyle's obviously injured now. And my thoughts and prayers and well wishes go to he and Samantha. I hope that that he gets well really quick. But these are people that are going to be around for a long time. They're young and they've been here, and they're obviously fast. So it'll be fun to watch Chase and Eric along with a host of other young racers that that can join that class. But those right now, in my opinion, are the top two challenge kyle and brad and, and joey logano I mean, joey gosh, 23 I think, 24 24 yeah. 500 winner yeah these and he's been here for a long time yeah i know that's what I, that's why i was reading that i was like really whoa wait a minute so Where's the time going eric and chase are gonna have to beat joey and brad and kyle all those guys for a long time so just the youth of our sport i think is really fun for me women racers will we ever have a success story well i think danica has been a success story she's able to come in and get a get a quality ride and she's led laps and she's shown signs of being able to to get out there and and compete and contend so I still have a a lot of of hope and energy that she can just get better and better and and become become one of the the racers that can win and I know there's still a, a ways to go there but um given this opportunity and um seeing that you know, she, she's definitely capable of running with the guys on given occasions. We've seen it before. Um, I, I have, I still have a lot of um, optimism that she can be that, that girl. And as time goes forward, yes, more and more will come along. Because of what we talked about earlier, because of simulation, because of starting when they're five and, and just growing up that way, uh, that'll, make, that'll make one be successful one day i'm sure you're a car owner so what's your what's your opinion of how because there's tons of female racers out there you know in in late models and all that on how they get there because it just seems like they have a hard time getting that first opportunity to showcase that yeah it's, you know? it's difficult it's tough. It, you know if you look at someone like kyle larson uh, who's another amazing young talent and i want to put him on the list of, of <laughs> future, future stars. stars for sure <laughs> He's he's really really. We'll go we'll go ahead and say no disrespect to people that didn't get on there because yeah. we're on the cuff off the cuff here and you right. didn't get to prep so. So Joey and <laughs> Kyle for sure, 
I mean, I, I just know that these, these kids are, there's more, <laughs> there's, there's tons, but Kyle Larson, um, you know, he raced K and N and he was good and chip signed him and, and, and then he got fast tracked. His family obviously allowed him to race when he was a kid, but there wasn't, there wasn't all this money that yeah. made Kyle Larson a star. It was ability and talent. Yeah. So when you see that in a woman or, or a man or whatever, when you see it as a at a young age, people are going to latch on to it. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your, your, your background, whether you're male or female. If you go out there and run like Kyle Larson did, somebody's going to hire happen. you. Yeah. Right, right. And, and I think it's important to have the family support to give you those opportunities to be noticed. That's, yeah. that's huge because yeah. racing is expensive. And if you don't have a way to get a chance, then um, you're never going to get discovered. Yep, true. Charity work. You and Daryl have raised a million and a half dollars in five years with your Walter Brothers charity. Who do you support with that, and, and how did that come about, and why do you guys do that? We support Motor Racing Outreach because I think it's important that, you know, all the racers and the families have a place to, to turn when uh, when when they need help, when spiritually they're lost or or there's family issues. Motor Racing Outreach, MRO, is always there for people, and there's also – you know, a, a, a daycare center at yeah. the racetracks that all the kids go play at. That's just healthy. That's like, that's what life's all about. So we, we love MRO. Uh, and recently we've supported uh, Feed the Children, uh, which is a great organization. We've uh, raised money for them. And we've also traveled to different cities uh, around Christmas time and given away food uh, as a result of the Walter Brothers Charity Challenge, which is, uh, which is amazing to do. Um, multiple multiple sclerosis society of america my sister has ms and we've mm -hmm. given money to that um and then there's some uh Turkish there's, house i think is yeah the, and I, I noticed that was in tennessee that's why i was wondering if you picked that locally from yeah and daryl and i just we've we've done i've had charity initiatives for forever as has as has Daryl, and we just decided to, to go in together and have a big golf tournament in this this past season this past october we raised um close to $500,000 in one event. So it's getting bigger and uh, getting a lot of support from, from obviously NASCAR and, and the country music world as well, having yeah. it in Nashville. And uh, we continue and are planning to continue forever and have an even bigger event in 2015. Yeah, Van, I'm, I'm buddies with Van, and um, who's not buddies with Van? But he, uh, he tried to get us out there this past year, and I can't remember. I had something going on the, the night of the dinner, but uh, so he's already – got me on the agenda for, <laughs> yeah, we for need, this year we need you it's there like, come over with rick and just come on yeah rick does an amazing job he's probably our biggest supporter <laughs> it's funny because we have a lot of cool charity um items auction yeah. items and he he tries he, he tries to buy them all he did the he same tries thing to buy them all and uh <laughs> it's fun to watch people try to buy them with bit him. Around, yeah. bit around him so yeah. it's fun i was encouraging boy i said he's not he don't want the gear <laughs> You're not going to get it. Just keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I heard him and Linda at ours, and, and, and um, Linda's like, well, we could get that for our grandson. And, right, and right. Like, Boy, they probably got all kind of cool things. Yeah, they do. All right, do. let's switch. What do you do for fun? Golf. I like to golf. I uh, That's about it. I do that every chance I get and uh, play with Denny a lot. And uh, we've got a group of guys, Greg Fornelli, who uh, – own stock car steel he's part of our gang austin who's denny's guy the four of us usually have pretty spirited matches with uh with monetary results 
bearing. I saw some hundreds involved not too long ago. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that happens quite a lot, which is fun. Um, and also, I, I just really enjoy doing the truck races on TV. That's something that's fun for me. I, I love the spirit of those guys. I just and I, I love the trucks as race vehicles. They they just seem to be something that's just enough different for me that it, it, it always entertains me. So being able to, to talk about trucks and doing the trucks on Fox Sports 1 is, is another thing I do for fun. Cool. All right, we're going to wrap up with Dale Earnhardt's story. So I didn't realize this, but you two almost shared the same birthday. Did you ever have any? You're April 30th. Dad was April 29th. Did you ever have any birthday celebrations or anything like that? You're always racing on that weekend. Yeah, I know, that's, so. that's always Talladega. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a hundred Dallas stories, but one that tell us some funny ones. One, one that's really cool was we were we were testing in Talladega in like '92 or three, and it was it was four o'clock, and he comes over to my car and he said, uh, "Buffy and Teresa are getting ready." They're going to Jackson. We're going to Jackson Brown. We're leaving here at four thirty, and that was back when you tested until seven o'clock. You know, if it was light, you could test. And uh, you know, I'm I'm Michael. I never won anything before, and Dale's three or four, six time champion. I, or whatever. I'm surprised because he hardly he didn't even hardly test. He didn't like it. <laughs> I know. He said he said you be at, you be at my truck at four thirty. We're going to see Jackson Brown. I'm like, how am I going to do this? All right, that's that's really good for you to say. And so I got my crew chief, and I said, look here. Uh, I know this is going to be out of – I know this is kind of crazy, but I believe it will be more valuable for me to go with Dale. <laughs> Maybe he'll tell us why his car's so fast. Maybe he'll tell me why his car's so fast. We stay here and test all night. It won't matter. So just – I just love the way, like, he would always tell me what – you know, and, and me and my brother laugh about this too. If you got on a plane with Dale, Dale would be like, sit right there. You sit right there because Same that's more comfortable. Your, your feet are too long. You wouldn't say you wouldn't be comfortable there. You don't want that Diet Coke. That, that, that's bad for you. Drink this water. And you'd just be going, when do I think? Am I supposed to ever think or am I just – is yeah. this just the road I'm going to be on? Yep, yep. <laughs> so – those were fun, and he never took me hunting because I don't think he thought me and a gun would be a good combination. Did you ever want to go hunting? Not really. Yeah, it was cold. You fished though. So I love to fish. We fished every, like back in the mid to mid nineteen nineties. We would there would be four or five off weekends, and it's like Tuesday we would go to the Bahamas, and we would stay there all the way till it's time to go to yep. the next race, <laughs> and um, caught a lot of fish. Is there something that you can think of that people would be surprised to know about my dad? Well, I think the you know the best story that isn't private anymore is when he helped a lady with her car. You know, there was a lady that her car was broke, and he not only pulled over and and uh, stopped to help her, then he sent her car to his dealership and and had it fixed. That that's just Dale. And yeah. uh, when he came to see my mom, um, that 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 was Dale. He was extremely caring underneath. Deep. Didn't want it to show, no. but yeah. Then another funny story is I um this this was 2000. This was um like October 2000. I had 50 or 60 acres in Sheryl's Ford and I wanted and and I wanted to have a high fence and some deer. Like Dale did. <laughs> I had a race shop like Dale did already. I had to get me some deer. So he gave me this fence, and I got it all put up. And um, he said, let me come out there and check it out. And if it looks all right, I'll I'll, I'll help you out with some deer. And um, so he came out, and I had it really nice. And he said, okay, come over tomorrow, and, and I'll give you a deer. 
So I go over to to his house and I pull up in my pickup truck and he said, this is lucky. This deer had been, um, was in its mama's belly, got hit by a, by a car. A farmer went to help the, the wreck victim, saw the deer, delivered the baby and bottle fed it and raised it. So this deer was like a dog. It would just stand there and look at you. So we put it in the cage and we put it in the back of my truck and I get ready to leave. And Dale, right, like we were all, it was lighthearted and fun. And just as I was getting ready to pull off, Dale grabbed me, like grabbed me like that. And he said, listen here, if anybody asks you where you got that deer, you don't know where you got it. You didn't get it from me. I was like, what's what's wrong with you? He said, you can't be driving deer across town. <laughs> you can't. I said, so let me get this straight. I can shoot that deer right between the eyes, but I can't give it a ride? <laughs> he said, no, you can't do that. So I got home with the deer, and uh, and that, that deer and a couple others lived uh, lived in my at my house for a while. And um, there they began to be more deer in there, and there was only 60 acres, and I was afraid if we kept all those same deer in that yeah, same area, yeah. there's no telling what we might get. And I'm sure he told you what to do. Yeah, so he, exactly. So I, I eventually let the, just had the fence, but I, I opened the gates and, and let them come and go. Cool. So that was fun. So that made me think that I didn't have this question on there because I'm all done with my questions for you, but made yeah. me think of what do you, what do you think my dad would think of Twitter? Ah, uh, I don't think he'd have much time for it. He'd be like, probably a little bit like Richard Petty. I don't know about that Twitter tweeter thing you got going on there. Um, but you know, Dale also under he 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 raised his butt off, and obviously that's how the sponsors, because of who he was and how he raced, that's that's the benefit they got for being with Dale. But uh, he would also go out of his way to take care of his sponsors. Yeah, so I think he would understand the benefit of Twitter. But I'd be curious. To, I mean, you spend a lot more personal time with them older than I did. So I'd be curious as to. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be a big fan of yeah. it. But, but I'm sure he wouldn't like it. Like we, uh, we I'm sure went, he'd tell everybody how to do it. Yeah. We <laughs> went to, uh, like, for a good example, we, we flew from Moore's, from Statesville to Vegas to have dinner with some Napa folks one night and turned around and flew flew straight back so if no fun in vegas <laughs> not, not, nothing just a dinner with the napa people and back home and back. so whatever it took you know they all they all they all understood and appreciated the sponsors and that's why he was he was so successful with with dei you know he it was one thing that you got to sponsor dale earnhardt in his number three car but he got sponsors that wanted to sponsor yep. other cars for dale and and that's because he understood the importance of them and and really took care of them Cool. Well, I thank you for being here today. It's been fun, and I hope you've enjoyed it, too. Okay, it's time now for our tip of the week, brought to you by our friends at Wella Professionals. This week, Amanda, we're going to talk treatments, specifically treatments for colored hair. Do you color your hair? I don't. I've <laughs> decided I'm going to wait, which I am getting gray now, but okay. I'm going to wait till I'm full gray. But I have fine hair like you yes. in treating it a lot with color it yes. damages it a lot Okay, yes, so. so I color my hair, so I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to break this down for you. If you have fine hair, uh, like Amanda and I, or normal hair, or, of course, coarse hair. So um, the experts at Willow Professionals recommend the Brilliance Treatment Regimen. So that's a line of products they have called mm -hmm. the Brilliance line. And uh, they recommend this specifically because it has a prescriptive treatment specifically designed for each hair type. For fine to medium hair, and probably a lot of people wonder how you, I mean, we, we all uh, 
I guess, just kind of judge our own hair. Nobody really ever tells us. I guess our hairdresser will tell us. You yeah. Know, yeah, fine hair. But yeah. I really, um, you know, fine hair is the diameter of your hair uh, is skinny. And it doesn't really grow well when you try to get it past your shoulders. That's me. I, you know, when mine gets past my shoulders, it becomes lip and lifeless. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that um, I had my hair measured by a... Uh, oh, really? I didn't know they yeah. did that. Yes. And I have lots of hair, but I have fine hair. Mm-hmm. So... But for fine and medium hair, the Brilliance treatment is good to use once a week. It will leave your colored hair soft and it will increase shine. And it also increases the longevity of your color. I think, um, you know, it's key here to point out that, okay, so for this specific fine hair, it's once a week. Many people think, you know, the more the better. It's Definitely not the case, really, in hair products, you know, because it just adds it down, oils yeah. and adds different things to your hair that, you know, is only good for a specific time. So... The Well Professional says with every hair treatment, make sure that you only apply it from the mid-length of your hair down to the ends for five to seven minutes. This is where your hair is the oldest and gets more friction from styling tools. If you have coarse hair, which simply means that when you don't style your hair, it's kind of frizzy and inconsistent curl patterns, and that causes the hair not to shine. More often than not, that's also thicker hair inconsistency Mm -hmm. is the coarse hair. Coarse hair needs more conditioning care and styling care, so they recommend that you use the Brilliance treatment twice a week. When applying the Brilliance treatment, work with your hands moving down the hair shaft and wait a few minutes before using a wide tooth comb. Leave that on for five to seven minutes. Important here, do not rub that with a towel because that unseals the hair shaft and adds to the frizz. Um, When you're done with the five to seven minutes, you just squeeze the moisture out and then carry on with your typical styling. You can purchase the Brilliance Treatments line or any of the Wella Professional products at the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase online at Ulta.com. All right, thanks again. Thanks for everybody for joining us on Fast Lane Family. Fast Lane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care, multi-sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 